0: Have you ever thought about what happens when comfort turns into complacency? On the surface, being comfortable may not seem like a bad thing, but when you stop growing as a person, and more importantly as a Christian, that's when you'll hit the dangers of complacency
1: head on. Hey, this is Chris Seinrichter. I want to welcome you to another God Taught Me show. I'm here with TJ, and today, TJ, we're talking about something really dangerous, and it's called complacency. Mm. Dangerous, dangerous stuff. Have you been complacent in your life before? Man, shamefully and sadly,
0: yes. How Mm -hmm. about you? Absolutely. Yeah. I can remember a a couple specific times where where God had to teach me something, knock me out of that,
1: you know, out out of that that complacency. Yeah. 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 Big time, knock me out of it. Well, you know, the Bible has a lot to say about being complacent. And uh, Proverbs is the verse that I want to go to, it's chapter one. And uh, basically it says, 1 verse 32, the complacencies of fools will destroy them, which, you know, when I first read that, I'm like, wow, what is complacency? Because if it destroys people, we should know what it is, right? Right. I mean, the other day we were doing some yard work, my wife and I, and there was a snake in the yard and he, he hurried his way into a bush. And then for a little bit, he was sticking his head out of this bush, you know? Just checking you out? Yeah, and it was kind of freaky, but the thing is, I went in with a golf club, tried to like just let him wrap himself around a golf club, and I was going to take him down the road and just like fling him back into the woods, you know? But uh, I couldn't see him anymore. Like, he got so into that bush. You couldn't even find him. I couldn't even find him. It's crazy. So Lori was like, just just leave him alone. And, uh,
0: Heck no. <laughs> no way. No, I hate snakes, dude. That's the one thing. That's like my biggest fear at my house is a finding a snake. Yeah. I haven't found one yet. But uh, I'm like, well, they're I know out they're there. around here. Yeah. yeah.
1: We get black snakes. Well, I got a lot more trees around my house than you do. Yeah. And uh, anyway, what do you call it? So there's a danger. Right? We have a little dog. He's a pug. And so, but you can't see the snake. And so, it's kind of like thinking about complacency. I think it's like a blind spot. You know, they talk about you having your blind spots and you're not being aware of them, like character flaws. Yeah. And so, like, we all have them. But usually, if you have a character flaw, you can't tell, or you might be able to tell, but maybe it's different with complacency in that you know you're supposed to do something, but you're so complacent, which complacent means that you're good. Like you got it all figured out. uh, You don't need to improve in anything or you know there's areas that need improvement and you just refusing to do it. You're satisfied in other words with where life has brought you and you're not doing anything to change anything. Even though there's some issues that need to be changed. Maybe in your marriage, maybe in your finances, you know, we were talking earlier, maybe your wife's upstairs watching her TV shows at night and you're downstairs watching yours And you're both complacent and then over time what happens to that marriage it just slowly disintegrates and people lose interest in each other and are kind of living separate lifestyles but in the beginning if you go back and trace it you were complacent you knew there was tough conversations you had to make tough decisions that would help improve the marriage but at first it would be maybe a little tough be some tears be some silence maybe wouldn't talk to each other after that tough conversation for a couple days who knows but you're avoiding it. You're complacent, and ultimately, it destroyed that marriage. So, the complacency of fools, the Bible says, Proverbs one thirty two, destroys them, and that's really what we want to talk a little bit about today. And uh, I know our listeners are out there, you know, maybe even wondering uh, what else the scriptures say about being complacent. But the Bible has a lot to say about it.
0: Yeah, and I think a lot of times people. Uh, can mess up because they equate contentment with complacency. Right? Mm. Is like you kind of mix the two up. You mix being content and complacent up, and there's a big difference. Yeah. So what we want to say to our listeners today is is it's good
1: to be content. You know the
0: Bible. The Bible talks about being content That's in true. a lot of really good ways. Yeah, because
1: you don't want to be like envious or always out greedy for gain or something like that. You should be content with what you have and what. Grateful, right? Grateful. Yeah. That's the big differences. And
0: we are reading about, you know, what exactly are, are the key, the key big differences between complacement and contentment. And the, the two biggest things are you're grateful for what you have when you're content, when you're complacent, you don't, you know, you're like, eh, you know, I don't, I don't you're not really thinking about it. Right. You're just, you're, not you're grateful. just there. You're, you're kind of existing. Yeah. when you're complacent, right? That's a good way to describe
1: it. You're existing.
0: Yeah, and with contentment, you're looking. You're still looking to improve. You know, you're content. You're you're okay with where you're at, yeah. but you're still looking for ways to improve. You're still looking for for ways to make the world
1: around you better. Wow. You're still, you know, you're still working. That's awesome. Yeah, actually, do you know anybody like that? I mean, seriously, <laughs> who's thankful? You just described a thankful person. Yeah, who isn't in, maybe, this is the way I just thought of it when you described it, isn't really in a rush or going crazy to improve, right? but they're making improvements. Making micro-adjustments, like, like, yeah, every day working, yeah. Balanced lifestyle, but they are making, they have a goal, I guess, and and that goal is improvement. Like, if you have a goal in your marriage to improve it, and you really set out to improve your marriage... And you know you're praying about it and you're asking God for wisdom that marriage is going to improve. Right. And it's not going to happen overnight. It's, no. it, it takes that commitment like we right. were
0: saying. Commitment and it's going to be a long long-term process. Right, like but it will things, happen. Yeah, some things can happen overnight, but most things are a long-term process.
1: Yeah. Um, I remember when I cut out sugar uh, cuz I had to, you know. Um it for for years I just toyed with it, you know what I mean? Tried to diet here, go up, down, this, and that, and the other. But then one day, it was a February of 2019, I just said, you know what? I'm done with sugar. Now, if I eat stuff that has sugar in it or whatever, I don't like flip out or whatever, but I don't add, you know what I mean? I don't purposely eat sugar, if that right. makes any sense. So yeah, I stopped yeah. being complacent with it, and I'm not telling our listeners, by the way, hey... One thing I want to say with this broadcast is don't make uh, what I do or what TJ does or what anybody in the world does something that is forced upon you and you say, oh, this guy cut out sugar, so I got to start cutting out sugar.
0: Yeah, because I absolutely did not cut out sugar, right. just so everybody's aware. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah so i just want to put that out there too if i you cut know, out sugar my way you let it god lead you what you need to do in your individual life and you yeah. do that through prayer and seeking him you can't go wrong with doing that right and then even then you know god will show you things to do and you still won't do them you know mm, i've done that yeah me too a million times so anyway back to the complacencies of fools will you know that's a key word in the bible did you know that yeah w-i-l-l doesn't mean someday it may happen when the bible says will happen that means if the bible says the sun's gonna come up tomorrow it will come up and if if it says complacency will destroy it will yeah right wow yeah so absolutely god don't lie danger danger being complacent can bring nothing good but heartache and pain. So has there ever been an area in your life, you know, I talked about sugar with me. How about you? Anything complacent?
0: Yeah. And I think the interesting thing is, is like, it's, it's kind of on the same thing that we've been, like the same kick that we've been on for the last couple of weeks. It's like, this is something you do to yourself or like, maybe not necessarily like do to yourself, but you allow it to happen to yourself.
1: Right. Like you, you have the power to to change it. Exactly. Right. But you're not changing it. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's an interesting thing. And,
0: uh, yeah. And you know, the, one of the other points I wanted to make about the differences between contentment and complacency is I found this cool little, uh, uh, website that I'm, I'm reading some of these points off. Maybe I'll put them in the show notes after we're done so people can see all the bullet points between the differences. Cool. Um, but the last, the last point they have on complacency is: it says your pride is holding you back from holding yourself accountable, and the positive
1: changes that you've made begin to fade. Wow! Right? And think, I think about what you just said. I know
0: <laughs> it's you're like, not
1: holding your own self accountable, and the changes that you did made are fading. Are, are fading? Yeah, that's scary. So you're backtracking, right? So I think
0: about the times that I've been complacent, and. I mean, I've been like, I've only been married for six years, but I've had complacency in my marriage, you know, I've had, I've definitely had complacency in my job yeah, I, where I was just kind of like status quo, you know, Hey, I know what I need to do to get done, yeah. get done my work for the week. I'm just going to get it done. I'm not going to like overwork, you know, I'm not going to like shoot for perfection or I'm not going to do... You know, the couple little things put the a couple extra hours of work in to make my videos just a little bit better, just to take them to like the next level. You know, just get them right. done. You know, no, hey, they'll pass. Yeah, that's been complacency and work for me, right. and I've definitely been there. And it, there was a couple big things that had to happen in my life for me to like snap out of that. Right. Um. You know, losing some jobs. Um that definitely snaps you out of it and then you, you know, you start to wonder why and then you realize, well, maybe this is, you know, I'm partly to blame for this. Right. You know, I let myself, I let myself rest in this when it wasn't really the time to rest. Right. Um, you know, and, and pride, pride for sure. You know, you start thinking, Oh, I'm good enough. I don't need to go the extra mile. You know, my, my stuff is good enough. So yeah.
1: Yeah. So Israel, right. Uh, everything they gained, they had to gain through dependence upon God. Nothing was given to Israel. I mean, it was given to them by the hand of God, like the promised land, but there was battles. There was giants in the land, you know, and then what happened with Israel a lot is they became complacent. They settled in. They said, this is good enough. Uh, we have plenty of food. We're warm, clothed. Everything is good. And then what happened was, they would get complacent and fall away from the lord right actually they would actually forget god and which is scary right it's like incredible and all he has done and brought them through you know Physically the red sea seen things right, yeah. all that and then we look back we read the bible and we're like how could they do that but I, we do, I literally catch myself doing that all the time and then i'm of like course oh, wait we do that's it. me we do it right yeah. <laughs> yeah so so they got complacent and uh in the book of amos uh chapter six, it says, woe to you who are complacent in Zion, meaning, you know, and it goes on to talk about how they drink wine by the bowl full, how they got plenty of food and their beds are adorned with ivory, like everything is good. And they lounge on their couches, it says in verse four of Amos, and they dine on choice lambs and fatted calves. So there is no more battle, right? No more anything to achieve, It was all achieved, I guess, you know, I'm using quotes to say that. And I think that's happened to me in my life. Like, I wrote my first book, Worry Less, Pray More, and it was such a struggle to write that book. But that book today, it was written in 2015, and it's it's still going on. I got an email the other day from South Carolina from a woman who said the book has greatly not only affected her life, but the person who handed her the book. Uh, which was a former coworker of mine. It just blew my mind. But I, I remember some times where I was like, all right, I'm good. I'm not going to write another book. And people always ask me, when are you going to write another book? One, it was a lot of work. So I'm like, uh, I'm going to avoid that at all costs if I can. You know? Mm, yeah. But, of course, I've written a second book. But being complacent in ministry, I've done that. Not just with not writing a book or not pursuing or not keep pushing, You know, and you gotta do it balanced. You gotta you gotta make sure your family's balanced and and everything else in your life with ministry. However, I can remember times where I've grown complacent where I didn't do things where or where I'd be working so focused on one area of ministry that I would neglect another area of ministry. You know what I mean? And so I've I've been complacent and I found that if there's not a battle, like there's not that promised land to shoot for then i can i can settle in and get complacent mm. right so like now That's we're
0: such a good point
1: yeah like now we're things are changing in the ministry where we're going to actually go after trying to bring whole cities to faith in Jesus Christ and there's a lot going on in our nation right now with cities and are being torn apart torn to shreds by i believe a behind the scenes enemy like the snake in the bush that i talked about earlier well there's an enemy out there. The Bible says we don't wrestle against flesh and blood. So all our cities in America right now are being torn. There's a lot of division in in our country. So our ministry, God taught me ministries, is beginning to go into cities and do outreaches and clean up houses and clean up streets and minister to waitresses. We're going in the, you know, every single restaurant in this one particular city, the city of Millville. Uh, we're giving a free golf clinic. We're washing police cars. We're beautifying people's homes. We're we're giving a sermon at the end of the evening like a Billy Graham style event. But before all that, TJ, now that we're shooting for a target, we're shooting for cities. Bro, I got to admit, I was I was a little complacent. Yeah, you know? Yeah. Now I have a I have like something to, and it's a struggle, right? You just don't walk into a city and say, "Hey, you know, the city's going to just willingly come to faith in Jesus Christ." No, it's a battle. The Bible says, "He who wins souls is wise." Wins. But you can get very complacent uh, without a battle. So I think for our listeners, if you don't have a battle, whether it be to lose weight, to improve your marriage, to get out of debt, to be a better Christian, or to draw closer to the Lord, if none of those become a battle, and you don't have a battle plan, a BP, well then you're probably more than likely going to get complacent. And I'm not... Like saying that that Chris has never been complacent. I just confessed yeah. and transplanted with all our listeners out there that even in ministry, a very important thing is ministry. I myself have been complacent. So I think
0: that's such a great point. If you don't have a promised land, you know, to, to aim for. Could be a the goal. title of the show. Yeah. Oh, right. Oh, just got chills. Something like that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. I, I think about like, I'm in a very, um, I'm in a really interesting point in my life where I'm, I have like, I don't know if I've ever had so many goals, like just to bring it down to a personal level. And I'm not like, I'm, I'm, I'm very content in my life. Right. I'm very happy. Like if God says, you know, this is it. I'm very content in that. I'm grateful and thankful for what I have. Right. But I also have a lot of goals. So I don't think that God is saying that this is it. Yeah. But if He does, I'm okay with that. And I think that's the difference, right, between contentment and complacency. Yeah. Is it's the goal part of it? It's like I'm I'm always trying to work to um, make my make myself better. Um, I you know I'm pushing for certain goals at the end of the day. Yeah. Um at the end of the week, at the end of the month, at the end of the year. No, you know what I mean? So like sure. like what you said, and now that I'm thinking about you talking about it in your own life. Uh no promised land or no yeah, challenge. And I'm thinking about, you know, the things that I've walked through with you over the last few years as we started the podcast. And mm. um there's definitely like I almost want to apologize because I feel like, wow, I should have seen that, Chris. I should have I should have been that person in your life to call you out and say, Chris, you have all these goals. What are you doing? Right. You know? Where are you? Where are you? Because I know that's that people yeah. have done that for me. Houston, we have a problem. Yeah. <laughs> people have done that for me and it snapped me out of things at times. Um, so I'm sorry, I I maybe missed
1: those signs. It's okay. We're back we're we're back. We're we got a we got a promised land. And one thing I want to say about the promised land, but I appreciate you saying that, is I think TJ it To snap people out of complacency, you do have a have a goal or a promised land that you're shooting for, but it has to be a promised land that you cannot achieve. It has to be done by faith. All right, Hebrews 11 talks about all these things that were accomplished by faith. One of them was building an ark. Noah did it by faith. Abraham did this by faith. This one did that by faith. So, like, you can have goals and they're good, and you should strive for goals and improvement in your life, but you should also have. Some type of goal in your life that only God can accomplish through your faith in Him, and uh, you know what I mean. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Like for going to these cities and and preaching the gospel and trying to uh, you know bring uh, people to faith in Jesus Christ, I can't do that. We're mailing sixteen thousand books into a city in a couple weeks. That's sixteen thousand books. Why sixteen thousand? Because there is fifteen thousand two hundred forty-three residents that receive mail. So the Lord laid upon our hearts to mail every single resident. Well, when this first started, I I chuckled. I was like, "How am I going to mail sixteen thousand books? Right? Where am I going to get that? Where am I going to get the money for sixteen thousand books? And where am I going to get the money to mail them?" And of course, that's the that's the challenge that I'm challenging, no pun intended, our listeners. God did it. God brought brought. The, the finances for the 16,000 books. God is paying for the postage. God is doing all these things. But it wasn't without a battle. It wasn't without prayer. It wasn't without doubt. Oh, my gosh, it wasn't without doubt. I can't tell you how many times I doubted this call of God, you know, mm. and uh, dark moments where I said, I actually told God, you got the wrong guy, you know, to do certain things that God is calling me to do, and that's okay, right? Right? So I just want to challenge our listeners, listen, the fact of the matter is this, if you're listening to TJ and I, the Bible says, TJ's not saying it, I'm not saying it, the Bible says complacency will destroy you, Proverbs 1, 32, Amos chapter 6, it's all through the Bible. If you're complacent, join the club. TJ's been complacent, I've been complacent, I just shared with you. It's a danger zone. It's like being at the splash zone at, uh, what's that place in, in uh, Orlando where you go watch the uh, dolphins and the whales? SeaWorld. SeaWorld, yeah. They got a splash zone, right? Listen, the danger zone for the believer is complacency, right? It might not necessarily be you being entrenched in a deep sin, but you're so content that you don't care anymore. You don't want to improve anything. Your marriage is you know, good enough for you even though it may be failing. Your finances may be failing. Your relationships with your friend, your body, everything. But the most important thing is you're walking Christ. Are you complacent? I've been there, and I don't ever want to go back. Mm. And I just got to stay challenged and focused on the Lord. And so that's what I'm challenging you guys that are listening to us. Man, pray about where am I complacent? Lord, show me. One of the most strongest prayers you can ever pray is, "Lord, show me my blind spots. Show me where I'm complacent." One of one of the strongest and most dangerous prayers a- you Amen. can you they, can preach a sermon one time. It was called "Dangerous Prayers," and it was about asking God to show you where you need improvement and things. You know, so dangerous in the beginning, but good in the end. So that's it, man. Complacency will rock your world. One last thing before we wrap up. Uh,
0: do you have any practical tips? Yeah. obviously prayer is a very it's, practical tip. I say that's
1: number one. Yeah, number one. But where can but you... But you can get complacent in that. Yeah. I, yeah. Right? <laughs> I know. You might not even pray. You're like, you're listening to us. You might be <laughs> driving in your car right now saying, this is all good stuff. Yeah. Right? But you might not take the next step and say, going it, I am going to pray. I'm going to ask God. I would say, get a notebook. Here's a practical tip. Ooh. Get a notebook. One Write a favorites. notebook A date. Right, yeah, favorite stuff. Date today is, is uh, June 2nd. Write June 2nd, and then write this, Lord, comma, where am I complacent? Question mark. Date it. June 3rd, same thing. June 4th, pray for 10 straight days, asking God where you're complacent. And for a BP, battle plan, how to destroy complacency in your life. Just those two practical tips. Mm. Pray with a notebook, date it, The date that you're saying, Lord, where am I complacent? Lord, give me a plan to destroy complacency in my life and wait on God. And I guarantee our listeners that you will get a plan and you'll destroy complacency in your life by those two tips alone. Of course, the third tip, and I would say my final tip, and TJ, if you have any tips, I have a tip. I would say research the scriptures and do a Google search on complacency and highlight every scripture that talks about complacency in the Bible. And you'll bring awareness to your spirit about the danger of complacency. So, so there are my three tips. Get a notebook. Don't be complacent. Get this notebook today. Date it with a prayer request in there. Lord, where am I complacent? And also, Lord, how can I destroy complacency in my life? Pray for 10 straight days, asking God to reveal these things to you. And then research the scriptures with a Google search. I would say that would put you on a path, a trajectory that will radically, I'm telling you, those three quick tips will change your life. Okay, I'll add a bonus tip. Go ahead.
0: So three quick tips and a bonus. I won't even call it a fourth. We'll call it a bonus. Cool. In my life, I mean, definitely, I've been snapped out of complacency in some miraculous ways, but... I feel like there's been other times where I could have sunk into complacency and I had somebody in my life to snap me out of it, to call me out of it. So I think surrounding yourself wow. with healthy people, so good. Um, I think every, every Christian should have either a mentor or an accountability partner. Um, I like mentors because they're smarter than me usually, right, or ha- good, have man. more wisdom. Yeah, You know, you think of accountability partner, that's good too, but I think accountability partners are kind of somebody that's on your level and you're kind of holding each other accountable. Right. So when I think of somebody that's going to snap you out of those, those times, it's going to be a mentor, somebody that has a lot more wisdom, that's seen a few more things or been through it a few more times than you. So I like that. So, and I've had some really, really amazing older men in my life that have snapped me out of those times. So that would be my bonus. My bonus practical tip is to find yourself a mentor at the very least, an accountability partner. Yeah. Um, that's good. Who can, who can, who knows the signs of things to look for in your life, knows yeah. you well enough or right. can know you well enough to know those signs of things to look for. And when those signs start presenting themselves, they can snap you out of it. Just kind of like what I said for Chris is I wish I could have been that person. Um, and I hope, you know, yeah. that God will use me in those ways for people. Cause God's going to use you. God uses people for sure. He
1: does. So. He absolutely does. So, well, that's it for this uh, show today. You know, the complacency of fools will definitely gonna happen, destroy you. But it doesn't happen to happen to you because you listen to this broadcast. If you need TJ or myself, you can always get a hold of us at GodTaughtMe.com. GodTaughtMe.com. And, uh, hey, if this broadcast has changed your life, right, and uh, it snapped you out of complacency, email us. The Same thing. Go to the website. You'll see how to contact us. Just shoot us a quick line saying, hey, guys, that, that broadcast you did on complacency really had an effect on my life, my marriage, my finances, or whatever. So God bless you guys. We love you. Hope to hear from you soon.
0: For more information on anything that Chris is doing, visit godtaughtme.com. And be sure to subscribe to our
1: podcast on Apple Podcasts and Google Play.